Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you tuning in another podcast to learn the history of comedy? Huh. Well, here's your sign. This is Funny Like a Clown Podcast. I am your host, Dennis Worth. November 14th, 2022. This is episode 167. Here to discuss the Here's Your Sign Guy himself, Mr. Bill Ingball. Uh, as always, today's episode is brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Put the wham and jam in your mouth. Go to www.gvegas.webs.com. Um, get a ship right to your door, man, and uh, go green, go fresh. What can you say? Hey, we got a commercial out starring me. Find that on YouTube on the G Vegas. Buffalo sauce commercial. We got our spokesperson, Tim Wakefield, legendary pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. And uh, hey, if you're going to come to Boston, you got to have some buffalo sauce, baby. You pack the car. And then you grab some wicked good G Vegas buffalo sauce. You think Bill Engvall bucks buffalo sauce? He's a Texas guy. So, I mean, you're from Texas, man. That's where buffalo sauce kind of like originated here in America. So, you know. I'm assuming he's a Buffalo sauce guy, but uh, hey, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about this guy's career because we're here to uh, explore some Buffalo sauce. Now we explore some comedy. Released uh, albums through Warner Brothers and BNA Records back when you could release a record album in comedy. Uh, well, you can still do it. You just—it's a free thing now. You can't really make any money off of it anymore because all the free downloading. But We've had to meet the uh, we've had to meet the public halfway where we used to be able to make money on everything. Now we have to give them free albums to give them to come to our shows. Where we used to be able to sell them an album and then that would get to come to the show and spend more money. So uh, what are you gonna do, right? You charge more money. That's what you do. Let's see. Uh, his most commercially successful was his debut in 1986. Yeah, 1986's "Here's Your Sign," which. Um, that was after his uh, most famous comedy bit where uh, he'd make fun of people, ask them dumb questions and say, you know, here, put this sign on because you're so dumb, you're asking me stupid questions. And he'd come up with dumb answers for the dumb questions. Uh, certified platinum by the uh, Recording Industry Association of America, which, man, if you can get a comedy album go platinum, that's, that's really saying something. I mean, this is a you know, music album, you know, when you're on all the great music albums, a comedy album, to make it go platinum, that's not an easy thing to do. So congrats to Bill. He's one of the few who could pull that off. Uh, toured by himself and as a member of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour with, of course, his good friends Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, and Ron White. Uh, did do some television uh, work early on before he was popular in Delta. I believe that was with Delta Burke there. She was the famous actress back in the day on her show. The Jeff Foxworthy show, obviously his friend had his own show, the Bill Ingvall show, and a game show he was the host of called Lingo that we'll get into later. Let's see. Born in uh, Galveston, Texas, and uh, lived in Winslow, Arizona for a while, which always brings back the old Eagles song there. I was standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Well, Bill Ingvall, 
he actually stood on some corners in Winslow, Arizona. So you can't all say that. Um, then eventually back to Texas. He lived in Dallas for a while where he was born, you know, in Texas and uh, attended the University of Texas. And um, he, uh, he planned to become a teacher was, was his plan. And uh, apparently uh, that plan didn't go through. A lot of people go to college planning to do things and then they, they, uh, they, they drop out before uh, they ever finish up. And uh, he left college, which, you know, especially when you're on your own, man. I mean, you get to the college days, you know, your parents ain't swinging you, the damn it, you know, you, you got to flip the bills, man. And, you know, you ain't flipping many bills going to college. Okay? You can't flip bills by getting a job and going to work. So he left college and became a tour guide at uh, – Inner Space Caverns there in Texas. So I have no idea what that is. Must be some famous cavern you take a tour of, obviously, because he's a tour guide there, so that would make sense. Uh, took a job as a disc jockey in Dallas. Um, while there, uh, doing the disc jockey thing, he uh, decided to try his hand at the uh, local Dallas open mics in Texas doing some comedy. And I guess he got the, the itch for comedy, as most who try to do. It's a very addictive thing when you first start. So you, you get up there, so you can't even sleep that night. It was such a rush, it made somebody laugh. You can't wait to get up there and make somebody laugh again. So he had the rush so bad, he actually, in 1990, he moved to Southern California to try and pursue comedy full-time, which is cool, because nowadays with the internet, you can become a star anywhere in the world. I mean, I'm in, I'm in a little town outside of Boston called Gardner, okay, and I've done some big stuff out here in Gardner through the internet, and through whatever but back in the day you couldn't do that when the internet wasn't around you wanted to make it in comedy you had to sell all your stuff and move out to either new york or california and who's got the guts to do that okay only about hey you know, not not a lot of people who want to do it actually have the guts to actually do it this guy had the guts he did it at uh his early success uh he hosted a cable show with rosie o'donnell uh, called the pair of jokers and uh, let's see, he appeared on Golden Palace, which I guess was a spinoff of the Golden Girls series, which I didn't even know they had. I mean, I like the Golden Girls, and I never knew who they had a, a spinoff, but I guess uh, he appeared on that TV show as Blanche's son. So, I mean, when you're a young comic and you're on these TV shows, this is like big notoriety stuff going on right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was on an evening at the Improv, which that's not easy to get on at all. There's a Boston comic. I remember um, Bob Gutro, when he's one of the top five comics in Boston, working very funny man. And I remember he told me he was out there in California. He got to be on an evening with the Improv. But he said the only reason he got to be on it was during the LA riots and all the comics they were calling to come to the club and be on the show. None of them want to go out during the riots. And Bob said, "Yeah." I'll, I'll drive down there during a ride. I'll be on that. He got to be on an evening with the improv, but back then it was a huge thing. Even bigger than that, he was on the Tonight Show, and, and you always get asked, "Well, you're on the Tonight Show. Well, what era?" This is the first. Day. If you're a comedian, this is the first question you ask. You're on the, oh, you're on the Tonight Show. Go, what era? Okay, because that makes a big difference. Okay, and this is the era to be on the Johnny Carson era. That was when he was on. And, and I've said that many times on this man. If you're on in the Carson era back then, you're you know that you're an instant working comic in clubs where nowadays if you get on the tiny show oh it's definitely a cool thing but it's not the uh it's not the instant success where you're instant made comic anymore um yeah they're saying what joe rogan i guess joe rogan podcast he's the new johnny carson of our era so i mean uh 
I guess he had his competitors. Hey, I mean, I want to say I'm competing with Joe Rogan, but I mean, hey, we're in the same comedy type field. Well, all I do is comedy. Joey does pretty much everything, okay? Let's see. Uh, hey, hey. You're on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. What else is good? You're on the Late Show with David Letterman. How cool is that right there? So uh, those are the big ones back in the day. Those are the two you wanted to be on. 1992 voted Best Male Stand-Up Act by the American Comedy Awards. Um, and I got to admit, you know, I'm into comedy. I'm into the history of comedy. And I had never really heard of this guy. It was like, yeah, after I heard it, I kind of remembered him doing it. But I couldn't, if you asked me who he was, I couldn't have told you until I heard it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that guy. But, um, you know, Jeff Foxworthy decided he was going to make his friend stars. And, man, that, you know, he hooked him up. Uh, Jeff Forksy put him on a show. NBC's the Jeff Foxworthy show at the time. From his notoriety, he got on there. Uh, 1996, Warner Brothers signed him. And I'm a big Sam Kennison fan, okay? And I'll tell you, you know, they said he walked into Dangerfields and no, uh, nobody. And when he did the Dangerfields special, a six minute set later, he was the hottest comic on the planet. Like the next day, Saturday Night Live won him, Tonight Show won him, Late Night won him, uh, Warner Brothers won a four album deal. I mean, so it, it can happen that quick when you get on a show like that, right place, right time. Uh, released under Warner Brothers, a series of uh, comedy albums. Uh, around his signature joke, obviously, here's your sign, certified platinum, and uh, reached number five on Billboard. And if you're reaching number five on Billboard, which, I mean, he did, like, some some comedy-type songs, you know, where there's comedy and songs, I guess a bunch of his, you know, comedy clips and stuff. But, I mean, you know, for reach number five, you know, with all the great musicians out there with comedy, that uh, Billboard, that's really, really saying something. Uh, his lyrics from Here's Your Sign were remixed and released as a video with uh, country recording artist Travis Tritt. I guess Travis was singing, then all of a sudden you hear Bill tell a joke, and, uh, you know, Here's Your Sign while he was singing. and became a very popular video in its day. Uh, let's see, he had an album in uh, 1998 called Dorkfish. Uh, 1999's another album, uh, Here's Your Christmas album. <laughs> I guess that here's your sign. Here's your Christmas album. Uh, and you know, it's like the songs he had on those were actually making the country and Western charts. I mean, he was right in there with all the, the big country and Western artists, which I mean, if you bring in Travis Trent, that's going to open you to his audience. Smart move there, Bill. But um, let's see. Uh, 2000, he had another album called Now That's Awesome. Uh, let's see, 2002, Cheap Drunk, an autobiography, <laughs> 2003, Here's Your Sign, Reloaded, 2007, 15 Degrees Off Cool, and his final one, 2009, Aged and Confused, which, uh, you know, I guess it is good to see the comics are still in this day and age putting out comedy albums, which, I mean, I guess that was the edge of the border, 2009, then I think, what was it, uh, Napster came along and Napster was just giving everybody shit for free. And that was when the big recording industry clamped down on that. I remember Metallica went nuts and, um, and Madonna, she was uploading all kinds of what the fuck are you doing when somebody tried to download with her songs for free? You hear her voice saying that and, and artists were losing a lot of money. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, you bust your ass to become famous and you want to make some money selling an album and everybody's getting them for free. So they kind of did away with the comedy album. So. 
Now we got the Netflix specials, which there was the Comedy Central specials for that. It was the HBO or Showtime specials. The, you know, just well, what platform do you want to use? Uh, I personally, I'm on Vimeo On Demand, and uh, I just found I'm on the Tubi streaming service with my movie, which is a Fox-owned company. So, hey, to say Fox has got one of my movies streaming on one of their services, not bad. The world needs a new superhero. Go check it out. It's on Tubi. All right. Now, this is where, obviously, most of us remember him from. In uh, 2000, uh, he joined Jeff Ferksworthy, uh, launched uh, the first of six blue-collar comedy tours. And, uh, you know, which was obviously largely successful for, you know, responsible for his breakout success, where, you know, before that, he was a working comic, and, you know, you did your big shows, you got paid to do it, but it's like, yeah, you go to a comedy club, you make good money, and you, you're, you're charged. Yeah, I can make a living, okay? I can actually pay my rent, and I, I can, like, you know, I don't have to get a regular job. I can just be a comedian for a living, and that's most of our dream is to just do what we love to do. You never work a day in your life. But now, after the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, now you're in the next level of comedy where, you know, you're living in mansions, and, you know, you're, you're taking private jets, and, you know, you, you can afford to buy the fancy sports cars. And, I mean, this was... This was another level of success in comedy that he had not experienced up to that point right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was a six-year successful tour. And I don't care what you do in comedy, man. If you can keep people interested in it for six freaking years, that's really saying something. Because, you know, you hear about overnight successes, but you don't hear about the guys who can make you laugh for six years and you stay tuned on one subject. And Blue Collar was the subject. And, man, they made it work. Everywhere from uh, films to a satellite radio to, to his own TV series on the WB. And I remember that, what, it was the Blue Collar Comedy Show or something they were doing there. And, man, that was like the biggest thing in comedy for a while was the Blue Collar, Blue Collar that we couldn't get enough and we loved every second of it. Uh, let's see. 2007, he was on the Billingball Show, finally got his own show. He played himself as a family counselor. Show lasted three seasons, which... They say if you make it past one, you're doing good because most shows don't make it past one season. So Bill got three. Congrats to him. I don't know how many episodes that is, but uh, he, he broke the curse of being the one season wonder. Some don't even last a full season. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really saying something. This one I don't remember, but, I mean, it sounds fun. 2011, he took over as a game show host on Lingo on the Game Show Network. And he said he jumped at the opportunity, and the reason is he heard about like his one of you know his friend obviously Jeff Foxworthy. He told him about all the fun he was having doing his show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? So he wanted to kind of experience that same fun that his friend was having. And he said he was a fan of the show before you know it was on before he took over as host. It was on before with another host, and I guess him and his wife liked to watch it. And he said his wife always beat him to the answers like that. So you know, hey, you can be a like Family Feud, you know, I'm sure when Louis Anderson got a call, hey, you want to be the host of Family Feud? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How many, man, how many hosts have they had of that show? I can't, man. They had the guy, what, from Tim Allen, Tim Allen's Tool Time, his sidekick there. He was the host for a while. And there was some blonde guy who committed suicide before him. Now they got uh, Steve Harvey. I mean, that show is just kicked around forever, I guess. It's a beloved show. Maybe it'll be around forever. Who knows? Let's see. Uh, 
2013, he was announced as a contestant on the 17th season of Dancing with the Stars. And that's one of my mom's favorite shows. I've never seen an episode myself, but uh, if mom gives it the okay, it's okay with me. That's what I say. And I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but apparently how it works from what I read is the judges get a vote and their votes count for so much of, you know, whether you stay on the show or not. Then they got the audience vote, which counts for more. And although he didn't do very good with the judges on Dancing with the Stars, the audience kept voting him on. And that's why he kept staying on because the judges didn't like him. The audience loved him. So I guess that happened with a few other contestants too, not him, where the audience kept them alive, where otherwise they would have been voted off by the judges. Uh, ended up making it all the way to the finals, and he uh, finished in fourth place in the finals. So uh, for a guy who kept getting voted off by the judges, that ain't pretty good. Where the fans, fans love you, but hey, how many, how many, how many acts have we had where you know? I remember what Andrew Dice Clay, the media freaking hated that guy. And the fans just loved him. He was selling out a friggin' Madison Square Garden. And, you know, yeah, well, the, the media is not always right. The fans, the power of the people. People have the last word, okay? That's what we have right there. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, he was this established comic, you know, before, before he got the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. But after he got that, now you're in the whole new level of uh, comedy and I'll say this about Mr. Uh, Bill Engvall in the world today. He's never been divorced because, you know, I'm a big father's rights activist. So that's why I was fine. You know, who, who's been through the ringer like me and uh, Bill's never been through the ringer. He made it work. So, Hey, hats off to Bill. Uh, and the cool thing, I mean, you know, Larry, he had the big redneck thing and uh, you know, Ron, he was like the drunken comic kind of the Dean Martin thing. And, you know, Jeff, he was a big star before any of this even came along. So it's like, he wanted to, he said he was going to make his friends a star, and he did. But uh, Bill Engvall, it was like, he was the clean comic. And I, you know, when you're in comedy, you know, it's a lot easier to make a clean joke dirty than it is to make a dirty joke clean, okay? It's a lot harder to work clean than it is to work. You have a lot of fun working dirty, but you don't get paid a lot, okay? If you want to work clean, and we've had veteran comics on the podcast, and they tell you, hey, I love the Andrew Dice Clays, I love the Sam Kennison's, but locally, if you want to get paid, you work clean. That's what you got to do right there. So, uh, uh, Bill Engvall, man, one of the best, uh, working clean comics out there, I think. And I guess my favorite one, I always remember he was talking about how he was in his car one time and there were some kids on a bus and I forget they they were in the back window and they were pointing and making fun of Bill. And he said, he, he noticed that the kid had big ears and the kid was like, you big like that. He's like, Oh yeah, you, and he pulls out his ears. Like, blah, blah, blah. He said, all the kids started laughing. He's like, I own you. I own you. And then he looks over the car next to him and a girl next to him was like, got her jar open. Like, what the hell are you doing to these kids? Or, hey, he started it, man. My favorite belling ball joke of all time right there. And uh, what, what, what can you say? That's just, the real life stuff. They always say the real life stuff's funnier than anything you could make up. And hey, we ain't making nothing up here on Funny Out Clown Podcast. We're exploring the history of comedy. Who's your favorite comedian? Um, go look up my podcast. Chances are we've done a uh, review of his comedy. And if we haven't, we're going to get to it. Uh, go find me on Facebook. You want to get a comic I haven't hit you? You want to get them reviewed? Send me over a message and I will I will personally say you requested for me to review this comic because uh, who knows, hey, some of the comics out there, maybe it's got their name on it, so they may be checking out my work. So if they're checking it out, they'll know you requested it and hopefully 
I'm just a big fan of comedy and I love to, you know, I see all these sports shows. It's like, you know, you don't have to be an athlete to like the NFL. You can just be like a commentator and talk about sports. Well, I can be a commentator and I talk about comedy. That's what I do. Funny Out Clown Podcast. Tell your friends, tell your names, tune in. We're doing it together, folks. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.